The passage that uh, we read a while back from the Gospel of John earlier in the service were the words of Jesus as he was preparing his disciples for his departure. And he makes it clear that it's important for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. He begins the 14th chapter with these words. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And then he goes on, says these words further on down, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. It is just amazing how the Holy Spirit connects us with God. He is a direct conduit from God the Father and the God the Son uh, right into our very bodies and lives and beings. Now, this word that's translated here, helper, and in the version that uh, was read earlier today, the word advocate is the word in Greek is parakletos. And interestingly, this word is used in connection with the Holy Spirit. And then it's also used in connection with Jesus in a very different way, meaning advocate. If we look at 1 John, the second chapter, the first verse, we hear these words. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So let's, let's remember, we had, we celebrated Ascension Day a few days ago, a few weeks ago. And what happened there is phenomenal because it just shows how important human beings are and humanity is to God. There are all these people today that seem to think that God's just, uh, that there's nothing special about humans in connection with the rest of, uh, of creation, that little worms are just as important to God as, uh, as people are. And there's all this stuff uh, that just kind of makes nature God in a way. But the thing is, we see that whenever that God, first of all, he became incarnate, not as a puppy dog, as a human being, as a man. 
God came to earth as a man. And then he taught, he uh, performed miracles, and then he went to the cross and he died for you and for me. And then God raised him from the dead. And he spent another 40 days with his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And this is what people don't seem to understand. And that is that when he was raised from the dead, he was raised in his body. His body was not in the tomb. It's not just that uh, uh, all of a sudden spiritually he was around. Now, whenever he was dead in the tomb, he was, his body was laying there dead. And it tells us that his spirit went on into Hades. You know, in the Apostles' Creed, in the original verse, it said he descended into hell. Uh, and what he did there was he preached to all of those who had died before he went to the cross. And he, it says that he, and then he led captivity captive. He gave everybody that had ever lived before the opportunity to hear the gospel. And that's why the author of Hebrews can say that none received the promise from God in any other way than we did. It is only through the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we can be saved. Uh, he went and he preached to those even that died in the flood, that in the time days of Noah, they all had an opportunity to hear the gospel. And not all responded affirmatively even then. But those who responded wound up getting to go on into heaven moved from uh, the place that was called, let's see, what was it called? Uh, there was a, uh, huh? Shoal. Sh yeah, yeah, Shoal. S-H-E. There were two parts to Shoal. There was the holy place of the dead. There was one place for the bad guys. There's another place for the good guys that died apart from Jesus. Paradise wound up being moved from Shoal to heaven. And so uh, this is just it. People wonder, are always asking, well, what about all those people that died before Jesus? And they think that that negates the validity of the gospel. But the thing is, none of them got to go, become a part of God's uh, plan in any way different than we did. They looked and hoped for what we look back on and celebrate. They died without seeing it fulfilled. And so he fulfilled it for them after they died. So anyway, he, went, he reached back, you see, into history. The cross is a focal point in history where all who died before are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. All who uh, die today are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Anyone who dies in the future, their salvation is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. So uh, we've got the, that. The, he, he went at, but what happened then, after he'd been with them for 40 days, this is so phenomenal. It says that he ascended 
bodily into heaven. His body didn't just, you know, empty out like a empty balloon or something and his spirit go up. He took his body, his human body, his glorified human body with him into heaven. And that's just amazing to me. And now we affirm that he is now seated at the right hand of God, the father almighty. And then what comes after that? From thence, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. And he will do it in his glorified human body. Now then, you see, a human body has been incorporated into the Godhead. And so now up there, there's a human body sitting by God who is our advocate. There is the Holy Spirit here with us who is his advocate to us. And so we have him representing us up there, the Holy Spirit representing him and conveying information to us down here. Do you see how close we all are? Do you see how he has just pulled humanity right into himself? So if people try to tell you that people, that human beings aren't important to God, just look at his word. Look at his word. He loved us so much, not puppy dogs and cats, but people so much that he went and he died on the cross for them. I'm not saying he doesn't love puppy dogs and cats. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I mean. But uh, the thing is, the focal point of all creation is you. And uh, he wants you to spend all eternity with him. And because of that, he gives us his presence. This is so important. Jesus was telling his disciples then, and it's just as true to us today, that he said, while you live, I will be with you through the presence of his Holy Spirit. And when you die, you will be with me. Do you see that? I will be with you in life, and then your life will not end. You will be with me in heaven. This is just so important, but his ministry to us, his main ministry to us is through his presence. He comes to us and he shares himself with us in such a wonderful way that it says that his love is shed abroad in our hearts. Presence just being there for somebody is so important. You know, whenever someone dies and I'm asked to do the funeral, I always try to have what you might call the talk with the family. And that is when I sit down with the family, not to talk about what the service is going to be like, but who this loved one was and is to them. And I always ask four questions. The first question I ask is if you could get this person to 
tell you, what would you say they would say their biggest accomplishment was? What they feel best about having done in their life? Some of them will uh, bring up some major uh, accomplishment educationally, business-wise, or or something else. And a lot of them will say, us, us kids, they really would say that their biggest accomplishment was getting us grown alive, that that was their biggest accomplishment and that we've all turned out to be okay. That's the general response. But there's always somebody there that would always say, well, uh, you just be kind of quiet around the table and say, well, huh? Golf. You know, he sure liked golf, you know. He, everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he liked golf. And, and then he'd get quiet again. I go on the second question, and that is, what did you see this person get the most joy in in life? What to them gave them the greatest delight and joy? And some of them will say one thing, some of them will say another. Most of them will say their kids and their grandkids. They delighted in their family. That's where their greatest joy was. That the majority of people, that's what they'll say. And then there'll be some others that'll be quiet around but golf, man, you know, that golf, that was it, you know. Oh yeah, 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 golf, yeah. And then I'll ask them the next question is what are you going to miss the most about this person? And I'll preface that by saying, I know this may be hard, but what would you are you going to miss most? It's very personal. What would you miss most? And some of them, most of them will say, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'll miss them just being there. That's what most people miss about other people is having them there. Maybe not physically with them, but maybe just for a phone call every day. But somehow knowing that if you needed them, they were there. If you wanted to talk to them, you could. That's the third question. And again, whenever I ask some people what you're going to miss the most, sadly, I've discovered some people aren't going to be missed. People just sit around, they'll look at each other and they don't want to lie. And so finally, say, he sure liked to play golf, man. That's, and that's the way they'll get out of it is just come back to something like that. Just change the subject. And it's kind of awkward whenever you get those people that aren't going to be missed. Maybe they just, uh, you know, there are different reasons. But the majority of people, they're going to be missed. Just them being there is what's going to be missed. Their presence. Presence is so important. There is a ministry that we can all be involved in that mirrors the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it begins with the ministry of presence, just being there. 
You see, um, many times you'll have somebody that you know is hurting. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they're going through a tough, tough time. And you feel like you feel totally inadequate. You feel like there's no words that you have that you could share with them. And so many times I've seen people say, you know, I just don't know what to say. I haven't called them. I haven't gone by because I just don't know what to say. This is what I want you to know. You can mirror the ministry of the Holy Spirit without even having to worry about what to say. You don't have to have any words, really. You don't have to have any wisdom or knowledge to make a difference for somebody that's hurting. The first thing is the ministry of presence. Just as the Holy Spirit is there for us in tough times, he can be our comforter. But the most important thing is that he's there. And that's something that you can do. If you just go by and knock on the door and just say, I'm just so sorry. That's enough. It lets somebody know you care. It lets you know that they're there. And you might want to add to that, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And they're probably not going to be calling on you to do anything. They might. So make sure you're ready to do something if they call you. But the thing is, is that usually just them knowing that you're there for them, you see, lets them know they're not alone. The next ministry is the ministry of listening. You don't have to have a lot of words. You don't have to have a lot of wisdom to listen. I've shared with you how uh, when I was flat on my back in the hospital thinking I might die, uh, it was amazing the ministry that I could accomplish laying there when I was just too weak to talk because I was a great listener. You know, I could lay there and people could come and dump on me. And it worked out great. You know, uh, my musician's husband was running around on her. And so she would come and she would dump on me. My uh, a dear friend, a preacher friend was going through a tough time with his congregation. I was there for him. Presence. They knew where I was. And uh, they could come and they could talk to me. And I could listen. I didn't have enough strength to talk much. But this is, it's amazing how just having somebody to listen makes all the difference in the world. I remember a guy sharing how he was uh, pulling a shift as a chaplain at a hospital one day, and he was standing next to in the elevator getting ready to go up. And the lady next to him, standing there, just goes, <sighs> and the chaplain said, having a rough time? And she said, oh, you would not believe. And she started explaining what a horrible time she'd just been through and was going through. And they stood there with her talking and just dumping, basically, as the elevator doors opened and people got off and on and closed and people took off and, and she continued to talk and he just stood there and listened. And then finally she got to the point where she said, 
you have been such a help to me. Thank you so much. And she got in the elevator and left. He hadn't said a word other than having a rough time. That's all he said. But it ministered to her with having the opportunity to have someone just to listen. I can remember a woman going through a hard, hard time. She was in my singles group in uh, in the Woodlands, Texas. And she would call me sometimes just to uh, almost just kind of like to have somebody just to go, ah, to on the phone. She was a single parent mom. She had a 12-year-old son who was uh, uh, getting out of hand and starting to try to beat her up when he didn't like what she was wanting him to do. She uh, uh, was working at a, in a school cafeteria and she, her son would get sickly and she would take off. She'd used up all of her sick days and all, all of her leave she'd used up and she had no time left and she'd lay awake worrying herself sick because she knew if she missed another moment's work, she's going to lose her job. And then what would happen to her family? She'd call up the other people in the singles group and they would start trying to tell her what she needed to do. And she didn't need somebody to try to fix it. She just needed somebody to listen. Just venting would make all the difference in the world. And you know what? That's another ministry of the Holy Spirit. When you have no one else you can talk to, he's there and he'll listen. And the last, of course, is the ministry of helps. Some of you are going through some tough, tough times right this morning. And I don't have time to go through all the different ways that uh, that the Holy Spirit can be a helper. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And He is with you and He will help you to go through whatever it is you're facing this day. Well, the thing is, you can also personally just help. If somebody can't cut their grass, you can cut it. If somebody else can't do something else, you can take up the slack sometimes and make all the difference in the world. So I just want to encourage you that in the days ahead, if you feel inadequate to the task, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit is adequate to the task and you can make a difference in that person's life if you will just be willing to minister to them counting on the Holy Spirit, taking up the slack. So I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to be there for somebody. Don't be afraid to be a listener. Don't be afraid to offer some help. The Lord wants to do all those things for you, and you are His, and so He expects you to be doing those for others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.